Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. Today is a pretty special day for your old pal, Earth Ranger Emma. Today is my Rangerversary. What's that, you might wonder? Well, it's my anniversary of becoming an Earth Ranger. to do something special to celebrate. This year, my choices are a little more limited, so I decided to visit one of my favorite places on Earth, the forest near my house. I'm going for a walk. I hope you come with me. Ah. Sometimes when I want to relax, do some thinking or just get some exercise, I come to this forest. So peaceful here. The trees are so tall and all their crowns, that's the upper leafy part of the tree, go together in a canopy and kind of give the forest a greenish glow. I know the paths here pretty well too. Sometimes I go off the beaten path and wander deep into the woods, but I'm always careful not to go too far. It'd be easy to get lost in here. Just breathe in that fresh air, mm. and listen to that peaceful silence. Okay, it's not totally peaceful, but it does give us the chance to play a game. Hey, Earth Rangers, let's play Who Am I? Forest Edition. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> All right, listen up and see if you can figure out the identity of this songbird. Any ideas? Hmm. Okay, wait. Maybe I can catch the sound one more time. Okay, I'll give you a hint. The male of this species is bright red. The female is mostly tan colored. Okay, time to guess. Did you say cardinal? Well, if you did, you're right. Northern cardinals are beautiful songbirds that live in forests, parks, and even backyards. You'll definitely notice if you have a cardinal around. Northern cardinals have very distinctive calls that they use to communicate with each other. Male and female cardinals both sing and sometimes even together in a duet. <laughs> How nice. Want to know what a cardinal is feeling? 
Just check out the crest of feathers on the top of their heads. If the cardinal's crest is up, it's definitely feeling agitated. If it's lowered, the cardinal is feeling relaxed. Want to know what these pretty birds eat? Seeds, plants, and insects. And what about chicks? Well, cardinal mamas lay between one and five eggs, and they incubate them for around two weeks. When the babies hatch, they grow really quickly, and the chicks leave the nest after one week. But don't worry, mom and dad will continue to feed their babies for up to two months. Songbirds are not just nice to see and listen to. They're actually really, really important. All of the animals here in the forest are, and so are the plants. Plants, animals, and their physical environment together are referred to as an ecosystem. And forests are incredibly complex ecosystems. Forests are home to many trees and plants, unique and interesting animals and insects. We just talked about it in our last episode about biodiversity. Forests are one of the most biodiverse habitats in the world. They're a wonderful place to hike and explore, and they also help slow down global warming by sucking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. And that's why as Earth Rangers, we have to do whatever we can to protect forests. In fact, a little while ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing Darren Sleep from the Sustainable Forestry Initiative, or SFI, a group dedicated to protecting forests. And now, I'd like to share that interview with you. Conservation Conversation. Earth Ranger Emma here with Darren Sleep from the Sustainable Forestry Initiative. Hey Darren, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about forest and forest conservation? No problem. Cool. Can you tell us a bit about what SFI does? Absolutely. So SFI stands for the Sustainable Forestry Initiative. And at SFI, uh, in addition to work that we do with communities and conservation and educational programs for K-12 students in both Canada and the U.S., we also set a standard for forest management companies. So we set a level of practice and, and best management practices that we expect uh, forestry companies that are certified to SFI will adhere to. That sounds really important. And just a little bit about you. I read that you designed studies to track bats and owls. How does that work? I mean, I guess you're used to being in the woods at night. How do you even track bats? That's a, that's a great question. And, and I wish I could say that I do a lot of that work now, but that was back when I was doing my graduate work. Um, I spent uh, a lot of nights running through the woods, either calling owls or, or chasing bats. Um, and in both cases, it involves capturing the animal and putting a little tiny radio backpack on them. Uh, so then you can use this fancy telemetry equipment and, and follow them over time and see where they're going, what habitats they're using and what they're doing out there. Cool. All right. So why are forests so important? Forests are so important for so many reasons. Uh, if you think about almost everything you do daily, uh, you interact with the forest, whether you're in downtown Toronto or you're living out in, in, in Timmins, Ontario, uh, it doesn't matter. Forests will filter the air for us and make oxygen to breathe. Forests purify millions of liters worth of water every year. Uh, forests also control that water so that uh, it helps prevent flooding. Uh, and then on top of that, forests have a huge role to play in helping regulate our climate. Forests are an incredible sponge that sucks up 
carbon dioxide from the air. And carbon dioxide, we know with rising carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere, that is the driver behind a lot of the climate change that we see, uh, the, the, the planet getting warmer. And forests have this amazing role of sucking carbon out of the atmosphere and holding it into themselves. So whether it's in a tree or in the soil, uh, if we cut down that tree, we make it into a table or a house, we get to keep that carbon there as it serves a purpose for us. Uh, while at the same time, when we replant those forests we've harvested, they continue to continue to just keep sucking that carbon out of the air and help mitigate the effects uh, of the increase in carbon that we're putting in there from other things like fossil fuels. Wow, they really are important for so many reasons. And could you explain why forests are important for animals? When we think about this in terms of zoology, in terms of, uh, in terms of the biodiversity and all the different animals and, and critters that live out there, Forests are very diverse in what we call niche space. And what we mean by niche space is that forests are sort of broken up into many, many, many little different kinds of homes. So whether it's uh, under the soil that the microbes live, or it's under the understory where lots of bugs and small mammals and things like that live, or it's even in that understory, in those bushes underneath of the trees that different you know, birds might live or different animals might live. And then you get up into the canopy of the trees where other animals make their home. Forests are very, very diverse, not just in terms of those spatial ways that I've just listed, but also in terms of the different kinds of trees and the different kinds of plants and the different kinds of wetlands and the different kinds of soils. And they're just so diverse that animals can find so many different ways to make a living that we have such a diversity of animals in there. So the, the vast majority of different kinds of habitats for so many different kinds of animals that live out there. That's why they're so important for animals. That is so cool. It's amazing to think about all the animals that live side by side, each in their own niches. Now, could you explain what sustainable forestry is? I mean, isn't it bad to cut down trees? That's a, a very common misunderstanding, but uh, we actually, again, if you think about your life, how often you go to the washroom and use toilet paper or how often you're writing in a notebook or, or how much you use paper towel in your kitchen or many, many, many other products that aren't even obviously uh, wood or paper, um, cutting down trees is, is sort of you know, what we do as humans, how we live. But sustainable forestry is all about being able to use those products, being able to cut down those forests while making sure that over the long term, our, our forests stay healthy. Uh, we have forests uh, for hundreds of years in the future where animals can live, that continue to clean that water, that continue to make fresh oxygen for us, that continue to serve all these vital roles in our world that we need them to do. So it's all about managing the forest today, getting the values that we need, while keeping the, the, the bigger picture values for, for all eternity. Gotcha. So it's all about thinking about the future. Hey, could you tell us a bit about the past? How has Canada's relationship with its forests changed over the course of our history? Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic question, and, and probably one that's better answered by a historian than, than I am. But we do know that there was a time that Canadians fully uh, accepted that, that forestry was just par for the course. Everyone was, you know, burning wood in their wood stoves and everyone, you know, uh, if you're on a farm, you used wood in so many different ways. And we were a lot closer to that, that forest. Uh, but over time, as people have become more urban dwellers, 
a lot of folks and, and kids in particular have become disconnected and they think of the forest as something way out there uh, that, that we're not really a part of when in fact everyone still benefits from the forest all the time. So we've, we've sort of changed our relationship with forests over, over our history. And if you think of even before that, when Europeans first arrived here, the forest was a dark, foreboding, scary place where all the predators lived that, that would that would come and, and uh, kill our cattle and things like that. So it was, it was this dark and scary place. So we were always sort of fighting against the forest and pushing the forest back. But then, you know, as we sort of tamed the wilderness, now we almost uh, reminisce about having those, those predators back. We want more wolves and we care about the wolves very much. So it, we've certainly had a, a sort of a, a changing push and pull relationship with the forest over time. Well, that's pretty interesting and complicated. <laughs> Ever since I remember, I always loved forests. Now, what can an average earth ranger do to help with forest conservation? I would, I would say the average earth ranger should probably start by just looking in their backyard, looking in their local parks, looking at the trees there and gaining an appreciation uh, for those, those forests uh, and helping to see that uh, what a great thing a local forest is uh, for a community. Uh, but then appreciating also that uh, forests don't uh, just happen on their own. They require care, especially in an urban setting. Uh, they require management, just like they do in the wild. There are places that, that we manage them by setting them aside and saying, this is a park that we'll go visit. And then there's other parts of the forest that we manage by saying, we're going to harvest this and bring some of this product into us and use that sustainably. But we're going to make sure that forest gets protected over time. I saw on your website that you have this really cool environmental education program called Project Learning Tree. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. So uh, Project Learning Tree is an educational program that develops curriculum uh, for kids from kindergarten all the way to grade 12. And the whole drive of that educational program, that curriculum that we develop, is to get kids out of the classroom and into the forest and thinking about the forest uh, a little differently. So, you know, kids in those age groups are still doing the skills that they need. They're still learning the skills, the math, the writing, uh, the critical thinking skills that the, the teachers are trying to develop, but they're doing it in a forested context. And again, that gets back to building that appreciation for forests. So the goal of Project Learning Tree is not to teach kids what to think, but to teach them how to think in a bigger, uh, greener context. That sounds really cool. All right, one last question. What's your favorite forest animal and why? Oh, that's that's pretty easy for me. Uh, I spent a good number of years chasing owls through the woods, so uh, it would be very hard for me to pick one particular owl species. Uh, I've held several different owl species in my hand. I've also been attacked by a number of owls. Uh, all, all in um, uh, no harm came to me or to the owls, so that was good. But I would have to say that a barred owl is is one of my favorite uh, owls. Barred owls do look totes cute. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and for all the incredible work you and SFI do to keep the forest. No problem. Okay, so it's not a problem. <laughs> While listening back to the interview, I kind of wandered deep into the forest. A little too deep, if you ask me. I think I know what Darren meant by people used to think that the forest was a dark and scary place. But hey, 
Not your old pal Earth Ranger Emma. Mm-mm. I've been in much, much more hideous habitats before, and so far I've always made it back. Right? <clears throat> you know what? I'm just gonna backtrack my steps. <laughs> While I do that, I'll share this week's animal encounter story with you guys. This one includes a friendly forest dweller named Almond. Check it out. My name is London, and I have a story involving a cute red squirrel. My family goes camping every summer. Last year, we got a campsite near the forest. When we were done unpacking, we were all tired and played a game. But suddenly, a red squirrel came running into the site. This red squirrel looked fine on the one side, but on the other side, he was missing an eye. Can you believe it? But he seemed perfectly fine otherwise. I mean, his senses all seemed to work because he came in and he ran out, probably looking for food. My family decided we should name him, so we named him Almond. For the rest of the time we were there, Almond came in and out of the site. My dad even took a picture of him, so now his photo lives in our family album. I hope you've enjoyed my story. Bye! That was a great story. Camping is always a great way of meeting friendly forest creatures. And congrats, London. Your name has been entered into the draw for a special Earth Rangers prize pack. Oh, ooh, that reminds me. Listeners, you can check out our show notes at earthrangers.com slash podcast for a photo of Almond the One-Eyed Squirrel. And while you're there, click on the Send Us a Message button to share your own animal encounter stories. I can't wait to listen to all of them. All right, see... That tree looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's it. I can see the path just over there. Yeah! Did it again. See, I told you I wasn't lost in the woods. Huh, that was fun. For, I mean, it wasn't for a second, but it, now it's fun again. So, anyways, if you've got a forest near you, you should definitely go take a walk. I mean, maybe bring a compass or, nah, for breadcrumbs or, hey, no, actually, you know what? Ask your favorite grown-up to accompany you on a walk. Enjoy the scenery. See if you can spot an animal or insect, and most of all, breathe in the wonderful fresh forest air. I'm going to keep on hiking, but until next time, keep exploring and keep on ranging! Earth Rangers! Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? 
It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.